0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. We're going to get into the sermon this morning. Are you ready for the Word of God? I'm excited about it as well. Why don't you stand to your feet this Sunday morning? And I'm going to go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 27, verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to give a brief introduction to our new sermon series. I'm excited about this series. We have been in the vein of of sermonizing recently and giving sermons, and we usually go and teach quite a bit. When we teach, we bring the television up here, we give slides and examples, but we're kind of in an evangelistic mode right now, God has us in, where we're just kind of just following the Spirit of God. We have a schedule. We have sermon series that we teach, but we are really trying to be sensitive in this season because there are people that need to hear a word from God, need direction, need encouragement, and we feel that. So we're starting a new series today, and I want you to turn your attention to Proverbs chapter 27. The scripture says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. In other words, you don't know what tomorrow has. Let another man praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, and a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Wrath is cruel, and anger is torrent. But he, but who is able to stand before jealousy? Open rebuke is better than loving than, than love carefully concealed. Now this is Solomon's way of conveying a message by proverbs. And it's almost like riddles and poems and we have to figure this out in the sense of what is he trying to say. If we comprise and com- compress all of this scripture together, we begin to hear a message. And the message is this, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Someone say friends. How many of you people have friends? Or how many people how many of you had friends? Or you thought they were a friend. <laughs> faithful are the wounds of a friend. In other words, a true friend will tell you the truth even if it hurts. Like you can count on a true friend to come around in your life and say, hey, that may not be good for you. So those wounds that they give you, they're faithful because they have faith-filled ambition to help you go forward not to help you go backwards no matter if it hurts or not a true friend will tell you the truth but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful and that's exactly what happened to Jesus wasn't it when Jesus was in the garden and he was betrayed he was betrayed by Judas and he told Judas told the, the high priest and and the servants of the high priest the man that I kiss, is the one that we need to take into custody. And the irony of that is, is that Jesus looked at Judas and said, betray me with a kiss, friend. Jesus called him a friend. Why would Jesus call someone that would betray him a friend? Because number one, that deceitful plan and and snare was literally going to catapult Jesus into the perfect will of God even though he went through the betrayal even though he thought that he was a friend but even as an enemy he called him a friend because he wasn't going to stop the will of God from being performed he was going actually going to help him all the people in your life you feel like you may have someone you feel like you may maybe you've been betrayed maybe you've thought you had friends. Maybe you don't have as much friends as you used to because you're fearful of being hurt. Maybe you need friends. But to anybody here who's been hurt before, let me encourage you. All they ever did was make a better person out of you, a better Christian out of you, and people in this room have grown and matured and understood that there is nobody closer than Jesus Christ to be your friend. that isn't for everybody but that's for somebody so we start this series called change the channel and we're talking about friends today will you turn to your neighbor and tell them you have a friend in Jesus now it's your turn to bless the service can you lift your voice and ask God to bless the service today I need his help can you pray for me Lord Jesus I receive it today God God we're so thankful and God we're so humble. And we are blessed by your presence today, dear Lord. Anoint us, touch us, help us. Minister to people that need the word, God. Minister to individuals that are here that need a life-changing experience. In your precious name we pray and everybody say amen. Now give Jesus a roar. Come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Turn around to somebody, give them a high five, and tell them you have a friend in Jesus. And you can be seated this Sunday morning. God bless you. 1994 was a pretty big year for me and my wife. We got married in 1994. And we also had a daughter in 1994. Our first baby girl. But also in 1994, there was a sitcom that started called Friends. How many of you have ever seen Friends? Yeah. Now, in 1994, when this started, it only went two seasons, and then the show got canceled. But then they came back, and they did it again in a different approach, and then it took off for a decade. At first, people didn't catch the concept, but when they caught the concept of what Hollywood and what producers and writers wrote about relationships and having friends, it was almost painted as a picture of a life that you wanted to live. You know, everybody wants their crew, right? Everybody wants their group of people. What made this show so popular, not just the humor, the sarcasm the closeness of having someone in your life that you can be transparent with. And I've I've seen it before. I mean, my kids loved it. You know, they yeah, my kids watch Friends. Don't judge me because yours do too. (laughs) In fact, some of you have T-shirts, but that's another thing. We got this concept of what a friend should be. And we got this belief system that that's how it really is. And then we tried to model after that. I I know this because I grew up with a lot of friends. I mean, it was easy for me to have friends. My dad owned, my brother, my family owned the biggest dance hall in Victoria, Texas, and I had a lot of beer. Oh, is that too strong of a, I'm a pastor that wasn't raised in church. You have to excuse me. So whenever they wanted something, lots of times they came around, it was easy to appease. I wasn't raised in church. I was raised in in a single uh, parent family, um, my house wasn't structured properly. But one thing I did have and I cherished the most of was my relationship with my friends. Had lots of friends. It reminded me of the series. And I lived in that moment. I moved away from Victoria at the age of 17. I had no father growing up. My family was dysfunctional. I've always desired a father, but I didn't have a father. I had friends. And really, my friends helped raise me and mold me during those years of growing up as into an adult. From the age of when I was a teenager, I remember there are certain people that were in my life that influenced me because no one else was there to do it. The biggest dilemma that we have in America today is the absence of a father and the overwhelming pressure that's on the mother, single parents that can't do it all. So they have friends, the children have friends that influence them, teach them the culture, teach them the right way to do things in their eyes. And I'll never forget, and I'm going to, I'm going to share some things with you, give you some of my personal life today to help you understand that life isn't perfect, but God can take your mess and make a miracle out of it. God can take your mess ups and have them and make them setups in your life. He can turn things around. While I had my crew, my group of close guy friends, we hung out together, I, I, uh, I was in love with a girl named Dawn. Now, I met Dawn in high school, she was my high school sweetheart. I met Dawn, my wife, future wife of that time on a blind date. A buddy of mine who, who introduced us just passed away, but I found out prior to his passing, he gave his life to Christ and he was baptized and wow. gave his life to the Lord and I'm thankful for that. That guy introduced me to her right there. Hers looked good today. <laughs> Hers looked good every day. And we met. When we met, we were I I I called it love. I don't think it was love at first sight. I think it was infatuation. I think it was puppy love because I think that most of the time we don't understand true love. I really didn't understand true love until I was loved by God. I didn't understand it, but, but I knew in my heart this was the one. And so before, and this is no secret because I've talked to my daughter. We've come to terms with it. They can do math. They figured out the whole thing. My wife got pregnant. Well, it was my girlfriend. My girlfriend was pregnant. It happened. And we decided that we were going to have that baby and give life, and choose the road less traveled. So my conception, my my perception of of friendships came to a crossroad. And that crossroad was, I'm either going to get serious about this responsibility and own it, or I'm going to set it aside and just put it on the side continue to live the lifestyle that I have been living, the party life, and go with my friends, or I was going to get focused and do the right thing. Thank God I had a brother, an older brother who God was dealing with at the same time that this was occurring. And he told me years later that he knew that when I got married, I would have to have an example because we didn't have that example growing up. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. And I'll never forget, after I was married and I decided to put a ring on it, my brother would call me every day. My brother would tell me, you got to do this, man. I'm telling you, living for Jesus is the right thing to do. He would call me every day, pray with me. I'm like, man, my brother has lost it. Went to church with him one time when I came to Victoria. I was living out of town still. Haley was about to be born, and we were trying our best, but I knew I wanted to be a good dad. I knew that I couldn't do the things I used to do. I knew that I would have to focus on being a husband and, and, and a daddy, but I didn't know how to do it, but I tried my best. At that moment, When my brother was talking to me every day and talking to me about Jesus, something happened on the inside. I opened up. He wasn't forcing it down my throat, really. He was just being a friend. My brother was being a friend. And then I accepted. One day, I accepted. If you want to know how to win your loved ones, here's how you do it. By loving them. By showing acts of kindness. By Forgiving them, and by not debating them on minor issues, don't major in minors because then you'll catch up. It'll catch up to you, and you'll waste your time. And so now we we're at this stage in my life where God is being introduced by my my older brother, and and we decided that, you know, this is real. So I went to church with him, and I. I felt the presence of God, and I decided that that in that moment, I'm going to give it everything I've got. I'm going to sell out to Jesus. This experience is is real. I didn't know he was this real. I had been raised in a religious environment. I didn't know anything else but tradition, but this was relationship, not religion. And so I started realizing that, that, hold on a second, I said, you know what? I thought I had to bring everything and everybody with me in order for me to be content because something happened that day when I became a daddy and I realized either I'm going to keep on living the life I lived or I'm going to pursue after God and make him my friend. And needless to say, I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of friends and here I am living this life now and, I, and Jesus is my only friend outside my family, and you can almost feel alone. You can almost feel like, okay, can I, can I fill the void? Is there anything there? But here's what I realized. When you read Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22 and 24, the scripture says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So I read that scripture, and then I understand, hold on, I've got a good thing going on, and she's sitting right there. A good thing. If you're married, say, God gave me a good thing. That thing is not the person, but the character in that person, and the blessing that comes into your life. So yeah, she's a sexy thing, but that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) You understand what I'm talking about? It was the that happened in my life the favor that was there because i walked in obedience to honor god and chose and made the right decisions making the right decisions folks isn't going to be easy but there is a right way there is a way that most people don't travel down but when you choose to make the right decision for christ's sake he will bless you. He will catapult you into your future. He will make things happen that you couldn't happen on your own. Somebody say amen. amen. You can't go wrong when you choose Jesus. And then he goes on and says this, and you, you obtain favor from the Lord. And he said, and the poor man uses entreaties. The poor man uses gifts and things. But the rich answer roughly because they don't have to impress anybody because they feel like they have sufficient, they're sufficient in all things. But it says a man who has friends also must be friendly. So if you're going to build a relationship, don't wait on the other person to do it. You're going to have to take the initiative. If you have no friends, it's probably because you're not friendly. Go ahead, do your thing, make a face at me. Are you done? Okay, good. Keep looking forward, don't give yourself away and look to the side. A lot of people tell me, I just want a friend, well, be friendly. It's in the Bible, it's very simple, very practical, but it's there. But it also says, a man who has friends must show himself friendly, but there, and here it is, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Right there. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I thought about this scripture, and I contemplated on this, but I got an understanding on it. You see, I have and had three brothers. I have two right now. One has passed away. But I have two brothers. And for them to be called my brother They have to have had the same bloodline, come out of the same womb. So we are related physically. And we are comprised of body, soul, and spirit. And so by the two, body and soul, by by the body, I'm related and I have my brothers. But there's a brother, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So in other words, the only thing that can get me closer to someone outside of our DNA would have to be the spirit. My wife and I were married. We were joined together in what we call holy matrimony. And the scripture says when the two come together, the two become one, not just in body, but in spirit. So I thought to myself, that would be my wife. If you're married, I'm just going to drop this in here. It's free. You don't have to give me an offering, although it's going to be good. Are you ready? Your best friend, if you're married, should be your spouse, period. It just should be. And there needs to be a transparency between you two that is so clear. We call it living life in a fishbowl. There's nothing wrong with that. But then I thought, but there's someone else that my spirit has become one with, and that's Jesus Christ. That would be the friend that sticks closer than a brother because my brother can't get into my spirit, but my God can. Then I understood that I can literally be a friend of God and he could be a friend of mine. I I contemplated it. I thought about it. Then I found it in the scriptures, and I started realizing that there are different kinds of friends out there, but there's no one that compares to Jesus Christ. He is always there. He hears me. I will call him through prayer, and he will always answer. I mean, you've never been ignored in your phone calls, I see. Anyone who has something valuable in your life, anyone who has great resources, anyone who, who has been blessed can find friends easy. If you don't have anything to offer, people have to see you for who you are to find the real treasure that you have. And it's those people in your life that will look at you for not what you have, but who you are. And it takes, a, it takes time to get to that place. So, I want to help you understand how you can find friends, real friends. The number one thing is in finding that is understanding yourself. You got to know, you have to know, you have to figure this out that we need help, we need Jesus. To help us and teach us and show us how to build proper relationships, how to find the right people in your life, how to find people that will celebrate you and encourage you instead of there always being something that you have to give. It's not about you're giving away to a friend always. Sometimes you have to allow them to bless you, and it's reciprocated between us and God. You see? I know I have to go to God, but I know that God doesn't need me, but I choose to let him use me because I want to be used by God. So in turn, you know, he comes into our lives. He shows up when we come to church and he begins to deal with us in prayer. He deals with us and turns our hearts into mush. You know, he just knows how to melt it. He knows how to just Lift your burdens. He knows how to love on you. He knows you better than anyone else. He knows your next move. He knows the number of the hairs on your head. He knows how many went down the drain this morning, too. <laughs> he knows you don't have any. <laughs> don't laugh. He knows you're not going to have any. <laughs> yeah, it happens. No one else will know you, understand you better than Jesus Christ. You are never alone. There was a period in my life I did desire my old friends, and I am still friends with them. In fact, here's a miracle today, and I'm going to go ahead and use this. This is what God dealt with me about. And i totally forgot about him being today but today i have one of my old best friends today that came to church with me and is being baptized today in jesus name. <laughs> if you stay faithful if you'll stay living for god there will come an opportunity where everybody everybody the scripture says one day every tongue will confess and every knee will bow Everyone needs Jesus, loves God, wants something, don't understand God. Different religions are out there. People are searching for a spiritual experience. And can I tell you, you have the answer. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door. He is the bread of life. He is the hope of the world. And you have him living inside of you. You have the greatest friend anyone could ever have. And there are other people that you know of in your life that need to meet him. Like in this world, but not in heaven. Yeah, none of us want to go to heaven right now, right? And meet Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Well, here, let me introduce a better way. It's an old country song. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go now. Yeah, that's as good as it's going to get with me. Don't even know if that's a song. I think I heard it one time. So, let me give you the point. I have a lot of notes, but I feel like I'm following after the Spirit of God. Am I helping somebody here today so far? I'm leading, I'm leading to a point that's going to help you. I want to help you. Point number one, I want to give you this. This is the only point I'm giving you today. Jesus wants to be your friend. Period. To show you what true friendships are about. So, if you're going to look at friendships, you have to look at jesus and how he had relationships with his disciples and you have to consider how god had relationships with patriarchs of the old testament as well abraham was called a friend of god so there are examples in here what's amazing to me is is that when god created man he knew that man couldn't be alone so he put him to sleep took out a rib and formed a woman woman because she would describe as a woman because she came out of the side of a man because he needed a partner. when God brings you a spouse, let me tell you he brings you favor in your life because you can't it's miserable to do life on your own but even if you 're not married and maybe you're single today, let me tell you Jesus is your best friend, but the order of this 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 channel of of relationships god ordained man and woman to become one and then he he used it as this example for the church structure in the body of christ as a church family he calls it his sons and his daughter his sons and his daughters and and we're a family now as we all grow in christ but the structure and the template was the family. The family was the first instit- institution that was established in the church. He made both woman and man, and the two became one, and then they had children, and this is what happens. Things are produced in your life, but what's unique to me, what's, what's awesome to me, and what's what just baffles me sometimes is the fact that God, when he formed Adam, decided that he wanted to come out during the daytime, and just spend some time and talk with them. That's what the scripture says. He literally came out of the coolness of the day and talked to Adam on a daily basis. The God of the universe wanted to spend time with Adam and just talk because God couldn't talk to animals because they weren't created in the likeness of God. God had angels, but they weren't created in the image of God. They're servants to God. They're not really called this family or his children. They are called servants in the Scripture. And then the only one that really could converse was the one he created in his likeness. You are different than angels. You are higher than angels, and you are above animals, and you are special to God, and God gave you a particular and a unique personality, a way of thinking, but because of that, he wants to get to know you personally. Isn't it amazing that every single one of us can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Isn't that amazing? You wake up in the morning for prayer. He spends time with you, and he's spending time with someone else, and this person over here, this woman over here, because he is God Almighty. I'm my present. I'm my potent. I'm my in all places at one time. Only God can be everyone's friend at once. He is everywhere, but he knows everything about you. Abraham was called a friend of God because he believed the things of God. I believe it's evident to see how much God wants somebody to talk to. Have you ever thought about this? Why did God create humanity? Here's a thought, just a thought. Don't write me off as a derelict, but just, just a thought. Could it, could it be that God was lonely? The creator of the war, of the universe. Has always existed no one formed him when no one made him and he had no one in his likeness that had common sense and a choice that's what makes us in the image of God because we have a will and a decision we can choose to talk to him we can choose to believe him it's a choice and it's such and that's what makes a good relationship is with God, is when we choose to follow him. When you take time to stop in your day and make time for God, no matter where you're at, to every working man here, it is a beautiful thing. When you have some windshield time and you're able to drive and put on some worship music and talk to God on your, on your ride. I mean, I, I really do think it's great. You know, people next to you may think you're crazy, saying, well, you know, I always pray in the Spirit, too, on the road. I'm going to tell you, and I don't care what anybody thinks. They'll probably think I'm singing a song. And I'll worship God sometimes. And I'll ride with my wife, and I'll be preaching to my wife sometimes, and my wife will say, you need to calm down. People think we're arguing. <laughs> She's right. I thought about putting a vinyl on my truck, you know, down the road. My wife said, that's not going to work out. You drive too fast, you don't stop fully, and you're always praying and preaching. You can't, people are going to think you're arguing all the time. If you're going to get that, you've got to behave. <laughs> so I can't do that. It won't work for me. Life moves on, and there comes a time in your life, and I'm going to say it, Will you put your spiritual, would you put your seatbelts on real quick? Are you ready? Because we're turning right now. I'm going to turn fast on you. There comes a time where we all have to grow up. You have to grow up. Listen, you can't take all your friends with you down that road. They don't belong there. You can't, I mean, I think it's great to have friends, and I think it's great to have the right friends with the right values who agree with you, who believe like you. The hardest thing for anybody to do when they come and live for God is make a transition. That's what I'm here to help you with. This is what God put in my heart for you today. How do I make a transition from an old lifestyle to a new lifestyle? Here it is. Make Jesus number one in your life. Make him number one. Don't get rid of friends. Just become friends with Jesus. He'll take care of everything else. He'll take care of everyone. Because you can't please everybody, but you can please him. And when God has put destiny on your life and is giving you an assignment for something bigger than just having fun and going out and partying and doing things. I'm going to tell you something. To fulfill the will of God in your life is the greatest pleasure we ever had in this world because when you do God's will, lives are always changed. (laughs) Lives are always changed. So God wants to use you. God wants to be your friend, to talk to you. The reason why Abraham was called a friend of God, well, let's read it. James chapter 2, verses 21 and 23 says it like this. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? And it says right here, verse 22, you see by his faith, his actions were working together and his faith. Faith was made complete by what he did, by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. God's friend. I'm going to tell you what I've learned over the years. The moment I realized that he is the best friend I could ever have that sticks closer than any brother is the moment I realized something that he will connect me to who he's connected to. Because it's not what you know most of the time, it's who you know. And I realized that the assignment in my life and the calling that God had for me Was going to be based on, it was going to be successful and follow through based on who was in my life. Who was there to compliment and celebrate and be there during the low times and celebrate with me on the high times and recognize that I was going through a transition and I wasn't going to the beat of their rhythm and their drums. I was listening to the heartbeat of God and walking in cadence with him, being obedient to him when no one else understood what I was going through, who I was pursuing, why I didn't go out. I wasn't being mean. I was being obedient and I was trying to do the right thing. Because at some point in your life, you're going to have to choose who you're going to lose if you're going to win. You have to. Not everybody can go up the ladder of success with you. Not everybody, you can't carry everybody with you. They have their own destiny. They have their own plan. But listen, God knew I would be lonely, so he gave me a wife. And he became my God. And I talked with him, conversed with him, and like Abraham, I feel like we all have become friends of God based on our belief system. So I believe what he says in the word of God. I believe that when he says, hey, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. I believe that. I believe that God said, if I walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin, and he restores righteousness into my life. I need that in my life. I need that more than I need to hang out with everybody else that doesn't know Jesus, but I need to follow him. And guess what happened? I consider you my friends. I've got a church family. I have more friends now than I can even count. I don't even know everybody that's on my list of friendships now. I don't. I just know one thing. They all love Jesus, and they all follow after him. And I didn't have to go out, hand out friendship applications. (laughs) Hi. What's your name? Right? Like, I want to be your friend. (laughs) Don't worry if not everyone agrees with you. Just be happy that you're pleasing him. That's all that matters. You see, Cornelius was a religious man in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius was a wealthy man. Cornelius helped build the church. And Cornelius was very religious, and he had a good heart, but he didn't know everything. But while he was in prayer, pursuing after God, a God that he didn't know quite yet as Jesus, but he had a heart for God, and this wealthy man, this successful man, the scripture says that he loved God's people because he built synagogues and he built churches for them. While he was in prayer, doing the right thing, pursuing after God with the limited limited knowledge that he had, at the same time, God was speaking to a man called Peter who was with him for the three years of his ministry on this earth, a guy who Saw everything Jesus did. A man who knew Jesus, not just by flesh, not just by thought, emotions, or his, his, his mind, his thoughtfulness and teaching. He knew him in spirit. He had the spirit of Christ inside of him. And he knew what God wanted to do for Cornelius. So t- simultaneously, the two men were praying in different cities. But God talked to one and said, go to this guy's house. Meet him there. I have more for him. And then Peter shows up to Cornelius' house. Read the story. Acts chapter 10. And Cornelius said, God told me to send for you. And he sent for him. And Peter came and said, go. God said, go with him. I'm going to bring him into the body. And when he went to Cornelius' house, what do you think he did? He didn't focus on becoming his friend. He introduced him to a true friend, Jesus Christ. And he preached Christ to him. And he gave him a solid direction, gave him simple instructions, and the scripture says that Cornelius, that day with his entire family, were baptized, and they were baptized in the Spirit as well. That wasn't just monumental moment for Peter. It was a monumental moment for the church and the history of the church because that was the first Gentile family to be saved in the body of Christ. It was the first Gentile person that was born again of water and the spirit. It was the first time God went outside the boundaries of religion, outside the Jewish heritage, and went crossed over to another dispensation of grace and said, my love, my peace, my joy isn't just for the Jewish nation. My My joy, my peace, my love, my spirit is for every nation. It was a monumental moment. And in that moment, Peter introduced Cornelius to Jesus. The best thing you can ever do for anybody, if you are a true friend, is give them the right directions. I saw a post on Facebook the other day that said, sometimes I sit down and wonder whatever happened to the people I gave directions to. You'll catch that in a minute. Anybody ever asked you for directions? You've got to be careful who gives you directions. They may not know where you're going. They think they do, but they don't know everything. Right? Even, Even Siri, i am just got to tell you, sometimes Siri doesn't keep up with the new construction going on, and we have to take a totally different route. And you? You can get mad at her all you want to. She ain't going to (laughs) change. But it's possible. It's possible that someone you trust, someone you spend time with, can give you the wrong direction. But it is impossible for God to lead you the wrong way. Impossible. God cannot lie. The word of God is true. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. That's why I keep a close grip on the Bible, on the Word of God. No matter how I feel, if I'm not feeling it, I'm telling you, I can read it, and it'll be there, and I'll know when I get lost in my emotions and feel like, you know, we all have trouble. If I feel like I'm lost, that Word of God is a compass. It is the direction. It is my roadmap. It is the instruction. It is the actual solid foundation that I stand on and live my life on, and it will never mislead me, misguide me, misdirect me ever in my life. Someone say, I love God's word. Come on, somebody say, I love your word, Lord. I love your word. The key to finding the right friends is finding the right friend. And he will never mislead you. Jesus is the right one. You can't go wrong. You get to know him. You think you're blessed now. Let me tell you, there are some people that are blessed in different areas of their life but he will bring a completely new new spectrum and new paradigm to your life whenever you choose to put him first. You see, some of you may have been blessed, but you need blessed relationships. You need better friends that love you, celebrate you, that won't stab you in the back, that won't talk about you when you're gone, that you can trust. I'm just being real with you today. I think we need to understand, you know, there was a guy by the name of Jonah. that got on a ship, and there was a group of people that were also there before him. Now, I don't know how close those people were. I don't know if they were related. I don't know if they were just different people from different nations traveling. All I know is things are going well until Jonah became part of their group. Then things weren't going right you see he loves us enough to let us know when we make the right wrong right and wrong choices sometimes it's not the people that you allow in your life sometimes it's you going into other people's lives that you're not supposed to be there because here's the deal sometimes we get involved with relationships that we have no intent to be the to be the influencer when they need Jesus Jonah didn't go on that ship and preach Christ to I mean preach God to them told them to repent. He was supposed to go to Nineveh and tell all of them repent. Change your heart, turn to God. But he had no intention in sharing that message with those people on that ship. My point is is that We have to understand that we are the influencers, not the influencee. And when God sends you on an assignment, he wants you to turn your world upside down for him, one person at a time. Because we can take a misstep and step out of the will of God and get off the wrong track. But thank God for the cross. Thank God he allows U-turns. Thank God he forgives us. Thank God. But I'm going to tell you, for me personally, I can't waste my time with people who aren't focused on God because I got too much going on in my life. God's called us to build a church, reach out to people. There are people that aren't saved that need to be saved. There are lives that need hope that don't have hope. There are people that feel like they're lost that need to be found. God has a reason. For us being here. And that reason is to seek and to save them that are lost. How many of you have family members that need Jesus? How many of you have friends that need Jesus? How many of you know people that need an influence in their life and a friend that you can introduce them to that sticks closer than a brother? Somebody say, Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. That's why God gave you breath, the breath of life. That's why God saved you, because God wants to use you. God wants to use you. I got to be honest with you. I was in, man, I, when you ask me a question, a Bible question, let me give you a warning. Sit down, put your seatbelt on, because you just opened up a can of worms. And I'm gonna talk your ears off. You gotta let, it'll hit me. It'll hit me, man, because I love talking about God. Why? He is the best friend I've ever had. He's never let me down, He's always been there for me. He's not fake, He's not two faced, He's not a, a fair weather friend. He's not bothered by the storm, he is the storm. He's not bothered by the fear, he has in me the fear of God. There is nothing that, can't stop, that can that can won't stop him. He loves us so much. But he walks with me and he talks with me. He says that I am his. Some of you don't even know that old. There's something to be said. When you choose Jesus, you choose right. Because what you put into that relationship, you get back. Have a word for somebody. Here's a word for somebody. You have been there for others. God gave me this while I was preparing this sermon. I want you to hear it. You have been there for others. You have sacrificed for others. You have given your best in times of trouble. But you haven't had a return on your giving. I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about your friendship. But you haven't had a return. But the Lord wants me to tell you today, don't give up. Today is the day that Jesus wants to be your friend, and the day you choose him to be your friend, you'll start seeing your returns come back to you for everything you've sown. Here's what the scripture says in Galatians chapter 6. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the spirit from their spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in good doing, for at the proper time we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Can I tell you, not everybody is the same. It's time for you to change the channel. And stop viewing what other people have given you the perception of what friends should be like. It's entertainment, it's funny, but it's not real. The real issue is trust and loneliness being dealt with, and depression, anxiety. There is a high rate of suicide in our county. Did you know that? From people who are depressed and lonely. They need Jesus. That's the answer. Once he has ever, if he's ever touched you, you'll never be the same. If he's ever embraced you, you will never be the same. If you ever experience him and taste and see that he is good, you'll thirst for nothing else but him. He is good, and he's just not good sometimes. He is good all the time. He's there when you wake up in the middle of the night and you don't have anybody to talk to. He wants to listen to you. He's there. He's there when you go through your troubles. He's with you in the valley. Oh, listen to me. Let me hear. Let me let me tell you something. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want, and though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil when Jesus is your friend because he will protect you with his rod and his staff. He'll lead you in green pastures. He'll lead you in still waters. He'll protect you from the enemy. And fact, and fact... He will bless you in front of the devil and prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And there is nothing that the devil can do to stop the blessings of God in your life. Somebody praise him. Come on. He is your best friend. He is your friend. And your friend has never lost a battle. Your friend has never lied. Your friend has never fallen asleep on you. He that keeps Israel neither sleeps or slumbers. When you lay your head to rest, he's watching over you. He is there for you. Come on, stand to your feet this Sunday morning. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.